Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our last worship service in this month of June. Uh, this morning, we are thrilled to have some of our Open Door leadership team helping us in the service. We are so grateful for your heart and service, not only in the Open Door itself, but also in the larger church. And I know that this, uh, or this congregation has a very diverse range of opinions about, theological opinions about LGBTQ marriage, but this month as we remember and celebrate our queer evergreeners, what a wonderful way to show our love and support for as the whole church um, to celebrate and remember Pride Month with them. Now we are continuing in our re-entry series, Crossing Jordan, as we follow the story of the Israelites as they make their way from the wilderness across the Jordan River into the Promised Land. Their journey crossing the Jordan provides us a framework of how we can look at our journey of re-entry from the pandemic. And you see, many churches have seen the pandemic as actually a story of exile. COVID forced us out of our church buildings and into our homes and into uh, a lot of isolation. If you see the pandemic through the eyes of the exile, then yes, the dominant analogy is to actually return to Jerusalem. You go back to life as it was pre-pandemic, happy, blissful, perfect. However, the question I'm posing is, what if that's wrong? What if things were actually not as happy and blissful as we thought they were pre-pandemic? What if the lives that we lived in 2019 and early 2020 are actually the very thing that God is trying to break us out of. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying everything pre-pandemic was bad. There are a lot of great things about our lives pre-pandemic. I'm just saying that in all this hardship and pain of the world coming to a screeching halt because of this deadly virus, we were actually, for the first time, able to see our lives from a different point of view instead of the pace that we were going at 100 miles an hour. And so when the world stopped, how did God transform you? What relationship did God break you out of? How did God awaken your perspective? What patterns in your life did God liberate you from? What did you do for the first time that maybe you never did before? If what God was doing was setting us free, from some of these patterns and beliefs that were in our lives, then what we're experiencing now is actually not an exile. It's an exodus. Using that analogy, the journey that God is leading us on is not one of return to Jerusalem or return just to church life as we knew it before, but one of entry into a promised land, into a new and exciting future. And I believe that that's our journey. I believe that this is the mindset that God is inviting us to have as we emerge from some of our COVID restrictions, or for some Californians and Angelinos, a lot of our COVID restrictions. Both individually and at church, I believe God is calling us to this mindset. That's why we're talking about this move from being all at home into a, a re-entry into a gathered community. We're looking at this as re-entry and not as reopening. 
You see, reopening is about opening our doors and just sort of turning on the lights and resuming everything that we did before exactly how it was. But when we gather again in a few months, pending that these COVID virants don't screw everything up for us, we actually gather as a different church, as a transformed church, as a matured church, a church that was changed inside the COVID crucible. Now, as we follow the text of Joshua, we started talking about how grieving is the foundation for this journey that we go on in this transformational journey that we go on. Next, we talked about how the whole community, God invites the whole community to be a participant in this journey. And last week, we talked about how the journey is actually a new start rather than a return to the old life that we had. This week, I want to talk about who leads us on this journey. Now, if you have your Bibles, or if you just want to wait a second, you can look at the text of Joshua chapter 1 with me. And I'm going to read this this next section that uh, the worship team read this morning. Starting in verse 10, it says, So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, Go through the camp and tell the people, Get your provisions ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, The Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men, ready for battle, must cross over ahead of your fellow fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. Now I want to point out a couple things in this passage. Joshua tells the officers of the people to go tell everyone to get ready. And he says, three days from now, they will make their river crossing across uh, into the promised land. Now, what's fascinating about this verse is actually the length of time that Joshua specifies. Three days. Three days is actually a very symbolic length of time. Jewish scholar Michael Hattin points out that throughout the Old Testament scriptures, a three-day preparation time often involves very intentional and intense reflection and preparation before a perceived transformational event. And so this period of three days is very, very symbolic in that it signifies that something massive is about to happen and about to change. Abraham, for example, went through three days as he prepared to sacrifice Isaac. Moses, in the wilderness, called the Israelites to prepare for three days before God revealed himself through the Ten Commandments. Esther asked Mordecai to tell all the Jews to fast for three days before she went before King Xerxes. Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days before he was spit out and eventually made his way to Nineveh. And even in the New Testament, 
for us as Christians. We, of course, recognize the three days that Jesus was in the grave before his resurrection. Each of these stories had these massive pivoting points after those three days were up. And so when these officers of the people tell the people, prepare for three days, gather your provisions, the text is signaling to us that entering into the promised land is supposed to be this tremendous turning point in the story and that they have to get ready for it through purposeful reflection and preparation. This is exactly what we're doing now. Now, I also want to point out the who that was leading in the story. We just mentioned the officers of the people, and these may have been uh, just selected officials in the community that had some sort of position, either, either civil or military. The passage also identifies, though, the warriors, the brave fighters that go ahead of the people and help them to take the land. These are the two groups that Joshua identifies in mobilizing and helping the, the entire nation of Israel cross the Jordan River. They prepare and they precede the people. And that's sort of what leadership is. It's preparing and preceding the people, especially in a major event like this. Now, while we obviously, as a church community, don't have officers or fighting people, brave fighters, well, maybe some of you might consider yourself a brave fighter, but we don't have uh, military warriors as, as a church. We do have leaders and volunteers. These are our people who have stepped into roles that serve the larger church family. Our Sunday school teachers, our Todd leadership team, which you saw some of today, the youth advisors, the board, the ushers, the small group leaders here at Evergreen, the worship team, and I guess even some of the staff too. These are the servants of Evergreen. They have lovingly given time and energy to help our church grow and pursue God's calling for us as a community. I think this passage helps us to see that for us too, these evergreen servants help prepare and precede the people. The leaders and volunteers guide the church through purposeful preparation and also go before the community to lead the way. And so as part of our re-entry process, the leaders and volunteers of our church family, the servants at Evergreen, will be going through a preparation of our own. Now we've been talking about breaking out of this pre-pandemic cycle of life in order to embrace how God is transforming us and leaving behind some of the old patterns, some of the old ways that we have been living to dive into something new. And one of the big programmatic endeavors that we're going to introduce into the life of our church is a new rhythm in our church calendar. And we're going to use our current online services as a tool to do that. Starting this year and continuing every year after that, we will invite the general congregation to go back on to online services for a whole month. Now this year we're already online, so for most of you, there's no change for this month. Uh, we're gonna do it in August. There's no change for this month because you're already online. But from now on, and even post-pandemic, we will invite the congregation to attend our services online at home for the entire month of August. 
And while the general congregation attends our online services at home, as you're doing now, starting in about a month in August, we will be gathering our leadership and volunteer community onto campus during typical church hours, so say between maybe 10 and 11.30 or 10 to 12, for a time of vision casting, spiritual formation, training, equipping, and community building. By utilizing our new proficiency at online services, thanks to our wonderful worship arts team, the ministry staff can actually continue our worship services online and conduct leadership training at the exact same time. For our congregation, I think this new rhythm will build in a short season of time of a little more rest and refreshment for all of you. And guess what? You can attend church for a month back in your pajamas and drinking a cup of coffee like you're doing this morning. For our leaders and volunteers, this will give you a short season to be poured into. I want the church to invest in you. And I want you to feel like you have the support and the tools that will make your service in our church more meaningful and more enjoyable. Think of it as a leadership retreat, except it's not going away, it's here on campus, and it's just spread out over the four weeks of August. Now each August there will be some general sessions and some specific sessions as well. We'll invite all leaders and volunteers to the general sessions and only certain ministries to the specific ones. So I actually only envision our leaders coming onto campus, or each of you coming onto campus who are leaders and servants, only for about two to three weeks. Now this year, our first week will be a general session for some vision casting and community building for all of our leaders and volunteers. The second week of August will be a mental health training and resourcing conducted by our newly formed emotional wellness training team. Our third week, we will invite our small group leaders for some training and vision casting in the small group ministry. And our fourth week, we will invite our children's ministry leaders and Sunday school teachers for training and formation. Now, incidentally, there is a fifth week, a fifth Sunday in August in 2021 this year. And so this year it's a little bit different. There will actually be our final church in the park for the summer on that fifth week of August, but that's not part of the August training time. And of course, as we all embrace our new normal, each of these leader and volunteer days will be hybrid. So whether you feel more comfortable in person or online at this point in the pandemic, you can participate either from at home or here on campus. We'll continue to give you more information as August approaches, but I'm really excited about what this can do for us. As the worship team comes up, I just want to say that I believe that this new rhythm will benefit the entire church. Because as we invest in those who serve here, our whole community will be strengthened and unified. I think we'll actually become closer as a church family as we continue to do this. And this year, as we prepare for our re-entry from our COVID restrictions into a more and more gathered community here on campus, we're going to rely 
on our wonderful leaders and volunteers to help us, help, to help guide us all toward God's calling for us as a church. Now I'm going to ask Pastor January to lead us in a litany for those who serve our church family. God bless you.